Welcome to the Made Possible by Podcast, where we have conversations around good with community-minded individuals. We hope that today's episode inspires you to go out and do good. I am Tracy with Made Possible By. We say that our mission is to share community-minded companies, causes, and individual stories. We love to make good loud. So today I'm excited to introduce you to some amazing women who have started something really cool in Oklahoma City. I have Miss Chelsea Banks. And I, Ginger, tell me how to say your last name. Casper. Casper. Okay, I just wanted to make sure because sometimes people say that a little bit different. Every once in a while. A little bit different. Just like the ghost. Just like the ghost. There yeah. you go. Ginger Casper. Well, I think, I think it was your Instagram. It looks a little bit different. Maybe that's what. Yes, I don't think it's. I don't think it's exactly exactly maybe that's what it was right. okay yeah. you know I'm visual it threw me off anyhow Ginger Casper and Chelsea Banks here today from Workflow in Oklahoma City and they're going to tell you a little bit about them and then we're going to talk more about why they created this super cool co-working space the word you're going to hear a lot is um, removing barriers and I just think that's really cool. That's part of their tagline. So we'll talk more about that in a minute. But Chelsea, let's start with you. Give us your 90-second snapshot of you. Sure. Um, of me or the business or a little bit of Start with you. Okay, perfect. Um, my name is Chelsea Banks. I'm really happy to be here. We've created this space to, to hold people like me. So I am a small business person. I'm an entrepreneur. I started consulting with retailers and nonprofits and other small businesses in Oklahoma City about three and a half, almost four years ago. And I just love it. I love the communities that are here. I love incorporating my skills and myself into those communities and helping to lift other people up and create, you know, systems and processes that help people to continue pursuing their passions or finding who they are, whatever that might look like. So that's kind of the work that I do in Oklahoma City. I also really, really enjoy spending time with Ginger and doing yoga and, you know, creating healthy spaces, not only for myself to be creative, but to invite other people into. Um, I've got a nine-year-old stepson. His name is Liam. He's the light of my life, and we just, we have the best time. Um, He is going into this whatever is happening with school this year, so I'm also a part-time teacher, you know, like a lot of us are these days, so that's a little snapshot of of me. Okay, Uh, awesome. I saw a sign on social media that said, don't ring the doorbell during this time unless you have wine or you're a teacher. Because everybody's adjusting, right? Yes. Everybody's adjusting to what that looks like. So, good. And I want to hear more about your other, um, I don't really call them side hustles, but workflow isn't your only gig. So, we want to hear more about that, too. Totally. So, I have a company called Motif Creative. That's what I do my design work and my retail consulting through. So, our goal with that is to basically build systems and processes for other people to help their businesses succeed. So, as, as we come in, sometimes we come in to do branding. So that might look like building your logo, building your brand, and the same things that I've done with workflow. So everything from, you know, your your brand and how it looks on social to your internal documents and making sure those are aligned and having a brand voice that that is seen and heard through all the touch points of a brand. So that's some of the work we do. But we also will dive into KPIs, so reporting. If you are a, a retailer or specifically retailers is who we work with the most. But even hospitality, we've worked with a couple of salons. So there's definitely a lot of places we can come into a business and touch their business and see, well, let's figure out how to optimize this 
a lot of small businesses, you work with owner operators that start with a really, really great idea, but then they don't know how to trans- transition that into management and mm-hmm. then eventually to transition themselves out of it so that they can have staff that have good jobs and have you know purpose in the business and building the business beyond just their physical selves being in it. So we're really focused with Motif on building those structures to help support individuals in their small business aspirations. And then that's carried over with workflow, obviously. <laughs> I definitely bring in all of those best practices into the business that we've built here. Mm-hmm. Um, outside of that as well, you know, my free time, I am a cellist, so I love to spend some time practicing music and trying to cre- keep myself creative in those ways. And um, hopefully I'll be doing some volunteering with the the um, adult education programs with the Phil at some point. So, you know, we're working on all of those things. Nice. Just trying, to stay, trying to stay busy. Yeah. There's no moss growing on you. There's no moss. No moss. Yeah. Are you familiar with that phrase? I'm familiar. That just I keep moving. Yeah. Keep moving. Yes, exactly. Yes, yes. And just doing the consulting, there's a lot of moving pieces there. There, there are for yeah. sure. And I really love doing that work because it keeps me plugged into the community. Um, that's another thing that Ginger and I do a lot of work in is, is community activism. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So whether that looks like, you know, I'm, I sit on the Uptown 23rd board. So working on 23rd Street and connecting with the businesses there, all of my consulting experience gives gives me more credibility when having conversations with business owners, property owners, or just neighbors around the community as to what makes Oklahoma City so wonderful and how do we keep pushing it in a direction that is welcoming and safe and inclusive for all people who live here. Awesome. Gosh, like I said, you got a lot going on. (laughs) You got a lot going on. And Ginger... Casper, like the ghosts, not Casper. I think what it is is I was on a podcast with someone from South Africa, and so it makes me question how I say everything because I have an Isaac, and his name is Isaac, but they say Isaac. And so I had to really stop and think every time I said his name. Not that he would be offended if I said his name wrong, but, you know, you got to think these things through. So, Ginger, you're totally changing what your originally your career looked like, right? Because you started in a completely different field. I did. I was an attorney and still am and still practice to a limited degree. Mm-hmm. But I spend most of my time and energy on workflow and then another uh, startup that we have called Unburden. So I'm doing that these days. Okay. Tell us more about you personally. Children, you have a cute dog, by the way. Oh, I saw a picture yeah. of your dog. It was probably Oscar. I have four dogs. Oh, uh, okay. Kind of, I like dogs a lot. I uh, <laughs> So... I have uh, three biological and two non-bio children, and I have a pretty large community of children, I would say. Mm-hmm. We uh, host a lot of kids and people in our home. Um, I do a lot of uh, social justice work here through Workflow, and... Um, Yes, I spend a lot of time uh, being a mom and hosting that workflow and uh, trying to just push social activism in Oklahoma City. Okay. Yeah. Again, no moss growing on these ladies. You guys yeah. always have something going on. And your four dogs. Yeah, I do. I feel pretty lucky to have my dogs. I must have. They must. Do they look alike? They are all iterations of the same okay, animal. Okay, because I, I yeah. wouldn't have assumed that they were four different critters. Well, we inevitably, I, at some point I heard that uh, adult 
black dogs don't get adopted that much, so oh. I have a lot of black dog okay. mutts okay. of some kind or another. Yeah. They're almost like nesting doll versions <laughs> of each other. They are. I've saw pictures, and I would not think that they were. Yeah, if there's an adult, different. like, black dog that I can bring into our okay. world, it usually comes home with me. Okay. We did get a puppy recently, a very, very challenged animal. Oh. Yeah, very touched, but he's coming along. He's, he's learning his yeah. way. Yeah. Okay. Um, Ginger, tell us why, how and why you started Workflow. And, well, let's start there. That's a big, that's a big that question. That is a big right question. <laughs> I, when I, um, you know, kind of the typical, well, not typical, but the um, kind of cliche experience. I was driving down the road one day and got hit by a car and my life changed forever thereafter. And Workflow came out of that. I went from being able to tolerate a lot of different kinds of environments or at least work my way through them um, to being really sensitive to my environment. And um, in order to be healthy, my environment had to be a certain way. And uh, I didn't just have to change that. I had to change everything uh, in order to, to regain my health. So workflow was something that came out of that. I found that working in old courthouses and old office buildings mm-hmm. and moldy spaces and spaces with not enough sunlight and spaces with stale air and spaces with people that were angry with each other and, mm-hmm. and adversarial and um, under the deadlines and stress and was just not healthy mm-hmm. uh, for me anymore. So I needed to really find a way to be able to, to work uh, and keep myself healthy. Mm-hmm. So uh, I met Chelsea at at yoga teacher training, which was another part of me trying to really take care of my meat sack mm-hmm. and, um, <laughs> and, and, and the rest of me. Um, and so workflow, we kind of started with this idea of, can we make healthier space, something that would incorporate movement that would invite health um, and wellness and, and without pushing an agenda or selling something, uh, it, you know, the, the certainly don't want to be part of the health and wellness industry. Mm. <laughs> I want to offer something, mm-hmm. um, some negative space so that people can come in and fill that as they need. So we got together and uh, used our skill sets, and um, I had created space in my home that uh, the, the words that I use around it is that reduce total body burden. And when we're talking about total body burden, we're talking about toxins, trauma, and thoughts. And you can create physical space um, and boundaries within space that can reduce those across the board. And I wanted to be able to bring that to people outside of my home, Mm -hmm. Um, although it's very effective in my home. (laughs) And I certainly bring many people in there, as Mm -hmm. many as I can. And uh, Chelsea was had so much knowledge and um, experience and bringing things as she talked about a minute ago bringing things out to the public out to the consumer um, consistently at a high quality so we got together and we created workflow and we created unburden so it's sort of the uh, if you think of workflow as the box unburden is the, what is contained within it so we haven't really explained very well, and that's my bad, about what workflow actually is. Tell us about what workflow, what, what's the space here? So workflow, we offer offices in common area. 
Uh, we have offices that are available on a month-to-month basis. There's no contract. Uh, the, the social contract is what's important here at Workflow. Mm-hmm. So uh, adhering to our values is uh, what we ask. And uh, money is certainly part of the exchange, but it's not the most important part of the exchange. So we have offices that are available, and we're very fortunate to have lovely, incredible, interesting, vibrant contributors to Oklahoma City here officing with us. And then we have common area that's available for co-working, meetings, uh, podcasting. Podcasting, Uh, (laughs) yes, yes. Conferencing, whatever your needs might be, we, we try to push the boundaries of this space and that inviting in as much as we can um, for social justice particularly, but uh, anyone that can come into the space and kind of work toward good. So think about your traditional you know, office or conference room space, and it's very much that. We have tables, we have workspaces with power in the tables. You know, There's free internet throughout the building. You can print here, you can scan here. So all those typical office needs are here. But back to your point, Tracy, about removing barriers, You know, coming from Ginger's perspective of people need healthy environments. Mm-hmm. And as humans, we're exposed often to, hel- to unhealthy environments just by the nature of the places that we go to. So in our building of this model, we just said it's priority it is we're going to start with building a healthier space so we've looked at everything from the light to the air to the water all the all the components that go into building a space and we've created you know the workspace within it that allows you to be productive here but in the removing barriers section of things it's all membership based so rather than signing you know a traditional long-term lease where you have to put down a, a hefty deposit and you have to have all these credit things and all you know all these extra things that make it very difficult for small businesses to find office space or individuals to even like go to a yoga class and you know it can be really intimidating to go to a yoga studio that you've never been to if you're unfamiliar with the practice we've introduced all of these things as amenities so we have a studio with regularly programmed classes here the podcast studio is an amenity to your membership. So instead of, you know, having all of these separate places that you go to find these services, we've brought them all to one place. And as long as you're a member here, you have access to those amenities. Yeah. I mean, there's so many things that make you all stand out uniquely and not just the fact that clearly having a clean workspace i'm not saying that right what what do you not as clean it's not even just it doesn't even we say human friendly human friendly nice (laughs) i like that i like that human friendly so you're removing you know the general toxins you've got a lot of natural light um it's a lot of um, open spaces the 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 walls it i don't know it just feels it feels very bright and welcoming but you offer things that nobody else does in a co-working space. I mean, just the fact that you have a yoga studio in your main area. I'm a yoga girl, so I love, I just think that's so cool. And then having a podcast room. I don't know of any other co-working spaces that have, have that. I love that. It's super unique. And that you you're, you come out right at the beginning and say, we're about unburdening you. How can we help you? You know? I mean, I, you're just straight up. You're straight up. You're very upfront about that it's is it is um i like to talk about it in some ways as a concierge uh office experience where if you had like uh, your 
I don't know if you had a positive relationship with your mom or you know someone who really cares about you is genuinely invested in your health and success and that's what we try to provide every day yeah uh, for the people that are here is that kind of community and support uh, and we I, I think we're not only invested in the individuals that are here but in Oklahoma City mm-hmm. oh, for sure yeah. I want to talk way more about that um, and you have Tell us a little bit about the different clientele. I don't even know. Is that what you call your people here? What do you call them? Members. Members, thank yeah. you. <laughs> Members, because you have a wide variety. We do. Yeah. yeah. So we have everything from consultants to um, we have a, an amazing massage therapist. We have a Qigong pr- uh, practitioner here. Um, so, so we've, sorry, what, a what? Qigong, you want to go? What's uh, we have Karen <laughs> Kello, who's a Qigong master here. Uh, Qigong is... If you think of Kung Fu, which is a martial uh, practice, uh, movement with uh, a martial element uh, to use in combat. Uh, Qigong would be movement practice with a medicinal focus. Okay. No martial application. Okay. So ancient form of healing practice. Nice. Well, that's a natural fit. Absolutely. We're quite grateful to have a Qigong master. In yeah. fact, I think it's going to be a huge feather in our cap here. Absolutely. But, uh, we don't just have a Qigong master. We have uh, uh, indigenous healers here. We have all kinds of uh, professions. Again, solely focused on human health and providing that space for humans to become healthier people within their communities, but also within themselves. So we have everything from Qigong to the indigenous healing to um, if you just have a design firm and you want to come have a conference <laughs> or yeah. have a meeting, you can come yeah. do that too. We, so. have a, we have a brewery here. Yeah, we do. <laughs> You've got Coop here, yeah. which is so cool. So we want, we, it, everyone is invited, that's for sure. We do have a, you know, we want to see you succeed it, for what, whatever that means for your you, your business. Mm-hmm. Unburdened. Yeah, we want to try to. I just love that. I, you know, I do too, and I think all of us that have the pleasure to work here and to get to be here often feel that this is a place where we are sometimes our most uh, unburdened mm-hmm. and are clear. We've had um, not only our team, but our tenants basically come and say, I just wanted to be here. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I just wanted to show up for an hour mm-hmm. because it feels good. Well, I tell you, I walk in and I just go, Oh, that makes me happy. Okay, (laughs) I can be me. I can be me here, and I don't have to worry about judgment or do I fit in or is this a safe place? I don't know. It's just relaxing. So the thing that motivates everything we do is our our values. Mm -hmm. Our three values are safety, unity, and integrity. And that's the lens through which we do all the work. So whether that's building the unburdened standard, which we are continuing to build, happy to discuss more about that, um, how it implements here, but also how it can implement in your home, how it can implement in your workplace if it's not workflow. So it reflects there, but it also reflects back to Ginger's point with the social justice work that we do. We, we recognize that there are so many people in this community, in this city, that are working for the greater good of the city, and we welcome that work here. It's 
one thing to, you know, roll up to a coffee shop and grab your coffee and there's noise everywhere and try to be productive about how to make actionable change. But we support that work in our conference rooms and we support that work in our commons and in our studio. And it, it elevates the experience of what that work looks like. It's a little bit more professional. It gives you a space to feel welcome and to feel like you're actually performing at a high level because mm-hmm. we've given the space, we've given it purpose in that way. Mm-hmm. And we have all those tools here for you to access, including the, the human capital, the human resources that you need. Mm-hmm. And a Shigan master. Again, it's kind I'm of a big you. deal. It is a big deal. I learned something new today. She got, I'm going to go home and look that up. Yeah. Actually, you can stay in practice tonight at six. Okay, there Wednesday you go. Okay. What does that look like if you're practicing she got? What are you doing? Um, you're in a circle. Okay. And you're maintaining a circle and you're being led through a series of movements. So it would look like a slow dance, I okay. think, from the outside looking in. Okay. But if you're familiar with, you know, certain poses and asanas and yoga etc there's you know you're connecting to the ground or you're reaching up and there's a lot of physical movement that encourages basically your life force running through your body okay so those movements would you know correlate with that objective right and if that sounds a little woo woo then you can think about like letting all the detox pathways work or your anesthetician work well or whatever yes getting that out yeah i was doing yoga yesterday morning and my two-year-old was down on the floor with me and it's so cute to see him he makes this little stressed not stressed face but you know he's the little (sighs) it's beautiful it is it's so cute it's so cute but his eyes i had to go okay you're looking like me so clearly my face is crunching up a little bit so i need to relax my face children and dogs will teach you all things they will (laughs) exactly what are you doing okay so tell us both of you uh chelsea let's start with you this time what would you tell your then self when you started workflow and not that y'all haven't been you haven't been going super long But if you could look back and tell yourself then something, do you have any words of wisdom? Yeah. (laughs) That's a great question. I would tell myself a lot of things. (laughs) More specifically, though, I would just say just keep running. Um, Ginger and I, throughout this process of of unburdening ourselves and our team and doing this, we've not only discovered how well we work together as a team, but how we both slot in in terms of leadership and how we can hold space for people around us so my best advice to my past self at this point would be like you're on the right track mm-hmm. <laughs> like you're doing the right work just keep it up keep focused keep steady stay mm-hmm. stay true <laughs> mm-hmm. with this relationship and this goal um you know ginger and i and not everybody's this way so i recognize this is not you know something you can learn necessarily but we're both very intuitive and gut oriented and we really work on our instinct and the feeling if, if it's good go with it and that's something you know we discovered really early on of that's what got us to the point where we were consistently making high level decisions and we trusted not only ourselves but each other and in in trusting each other we i feel and please jump in here i feel as though it's allowed me to trust myself and my own instincts and my own gut feelings about these things more to have a support system in that so it started really from probably being at ginger's house where there was already the first implementation of the unburdened standard you know removing the toxins in the environment etc and letting myself be vulnerable in that space and letting myself you know be able to really hear what those feelings and instincts were and run with them Mm -hmm. as they came up Mm -hmm. oh i so agree with that i don't know 
I think I would tell my former self, uh, yeah, it's really going to be this good. You know, I think I don't think we could have predicted how successful mm-hmm. we would be. I don't think we could have predicted the challenges. I mean, no one could have predicted the challenges of uh, 2020. Uh, Well, maybe some people could have, actually. Uh, And in some weird ways, we did, because we were certainly much more ready for um, where we are today in the world as far as taking people taking personal responsibility for their health in a new way and having expectations of their support systems that they didn't have in the past. So we were already well ahead of that curve Mm -hmm. with how we had structured the space. But I, I think this idea of trust... Uh, is is the key and you can't hear your inner voice you can't listen when you're inundated with the world Mm -hmm. Um, but when when you can get some relief from that and you know however you find it through meditation yoga uh, walking you know whatever whatever it is that allows you to settle and hear yourself and connect we're trying we're offering that like at work Mm -hmm. and it is so powerful Mm -hmm. And we see it over and over again that when this, this that these worlds can join, that you can you can work, you can make a living, you can provide jobs and structure, and you can be true to who you are and that voice and hear it and not be clouded and cluttered uh, by these things by by work. You know, you can really be true to yourself. I think that's what we've discovered, and it's so powerful, and it, and it does come out of this partnership where there's this complete trust and affirmation in in each other and, you know, honoring where we are. Mm-hmm. I feel like you guys have kind of created the co-working utopia. <laughs> I don't know if that's the right phrase for that, but in the sense that you think of work, and I'm always in the startup mind because – I'm involved in startup and startup it's stressful you know there's a lot of questions there's a lot of doubt um most of your members probably aren't necessarily startups but in a work environment it's go 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 I got to get stuff done you know I don't have time to stop and take a break let alone breathe and enjoy a quiet moment but you're offering that you're offering a space where people can just go sit down and take a breath and even your clean lines and the natural lighting and you you brought up the air filtration here if there's a safe place to work in oklahoma this is it seriously we hope so we try we take your health very seriously when our members join us you know i think in some ways they may have their first real support system Mm -hmm. um you know you should have these these lines this government should be a support system your family should be a support system and your work environment should be supportive as well and Often, you know, because of a lack of, of skill or, or trauma or thoughts or toxins, you know, those support systems aren't available. But here, we are absolutely dedicated to being that support for you. And um, the reality slowly sinks in that, oh, you know, this works. This is effective. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this, this is unburdening. Mm-hmm. You know, this does open me to flow, to this mm-hmm. state of flow mm-hmm. where I can be creative and effective. And Which is kind of a, a death statement, right? When I'm healthy, I can be more productive. <laughs> you know? But it's like, we, as Americans especially, we just, we work ourselves to the bone until we just crash. Yeah. It's an expectation. Yeah. And I think that... Um, Chelsea in particular is so skilled at, you know, 
structuring the environment so that you just don't do that to yourself. Mm-hmm. And I also think that the example that we set here, the tone, is very much that let go of what you don't need. You know, there are so many things. I, I, I kind of laugh about, you know, here we are selling nothing. We're just like, <laughs> we're selling, like, we're just going to take things away, you know. Mm-hmm. And if you let all that go, how much more mm-hmm. you can achieve or and, and joyful, how much more joyful your life can be, how much more interesting, you know. Mm-hmm. We get hung up on things that just don't matter. They don't matter, matter. yeah. Mm-hmm. Were you going to say something to Yeah, say? there's a difference between, you know, providing structure that holds space and setting expectations. And I think, especially in the corporate world as we know it, there's a lot of expectations around a 40-hour work week, what paid time off looks like, all of these things that we know don't prioritize human health. And they don't really prioritize the human. It's just about, you know, this bigger, the bigger system, the bigger machine mm-hmm. of economy or however we can dive into that as a totally different discussion <laughs> but we don't even start from that position we start from the position of let's provide space for you to be safe and productive and use it as much as you want and as long as you want and as long as you're getting what you need from it that's all that matters so to you know a startup we do actually have quite a few you know solopreneurs entrepreneurs who are starting their business some of the questions that we've had have to go into a lot of when do I have an attorney? When do I draft these things? What do I pay for that? And I think mm-hmm. Mine and Ginger's extra experience yeah. before all of this really allows us to help provide those resources in a way that creates that structure without telling people this is how you should do it. Mm-hmm. It's more of here's here are the resources for you to use that will allow you to be successful with this. And we support that 100%. However, we can help mm-hmm. take what you need. Hmm. That's really our approach. Hmm. You guys are kind of the best of both worlds you have these skills and you're here to offer them but you're not this is how you have to do it this is how much time you have to spend here this is how much you have to pay us it's just kind of we're here to help i love it yeah it is definitely uh outside of a lot of people's prior experience which is great. Yeah. It's I mean, just, yeah. Repeating the same thing. What did they say? Keep doing the same thing. That's the definition of insanity. Mm-hmm. And expecting something different to happen, that it doesn't work. I said it totally wrong. Mm-hmm. But, you know, yeah. That's yeah. I, I think it sounds a little bit unbelievable. Uh, and I would encourage people to actually try it. Yeah. <laughs> come in the door out. because come it isn't, it, it isn't, it, uh, you know. I think it is that conditioning that of you know work has to be sort of miserable and I don't know but and in some ways you know COVID has made people address some of these things a lot mm-hmm. you, we're we're so used to just the status quo doing things how it's always been done so I know my my individual journey becoming a consultant and going through that process it felt very much like I was going a little you know, out on my own, my family was like, what are you doing? You have a great job. You have this awesome salary, all these things. And I really drew that line of, yeah, that's true, but I'm not doing work that I believe in. And I knew that that's what I needed in my next step of my life. And, you know, lo and behold, that's exactly what I needed because then I had the time and space to meet Ginger. And then we've created this and it's following that instinct and knowing, basically saying, hey, I know these expectations of me are that I should do this, but I know that that's not what I need. Mm -hmm. So 
that set me on this course to be able to be here and create this and make it incredible. And I hope that I can continue providing that for other people as well. But the whole point of that is COVID has given us a chance to say what we actually want and how we want to move forward. Companies and corporations are looking at their traditional office leases and saying, you know, we don't need that. Like, that might not be the best way to do it. Maybe we do need to find better ways to support remote work. And we need to support, you know, families that have kids at home, especially when they can't go to school. And everybody's reconsidering what these old systems used to look like. And what Ginger said earlier, if we were kind of ahead of the times, we couldn't have known that (laughs) all of that would make our models so much more appropriate. We just knew that from the position of office spacing and le- office spaces and leasing and all these things that the model was changing and people aren't signing leases and shared space and office spaces are becoming becoming more popular across the United States. But we did not know that this would be so appropriate for the time. And because we started with the human health aspect, it's even more appropriate for the time. So we are deciding now that we're setting the stage for here's how your human health should be considered at work. Mm-hmm. So that's really what it all comes down to for us is it should not be separate. It needs to be integrated because you're not you're not less of yourself when you go to work or when you go home. Your whole self is going with you everywhere mm-hmm. you go. So you should make sure that that version is the best version, the most healthy version, the most supported version wherever you go. And that's very human centered. Which is what you guys are all about. Yes. We, yeah. <laughs> we are solely focused on human health. I love that. Yeah. We are not in service of anything else. Uh, there you go. So I know this is a much longer story, Ginger, but can you tell us a little bit about your health history and how that got you thinking, what does it look like to live in a healthy environment? I had, um, well, I, I have some genetic uh, issues I was unaware of, but the very, very short version of the story is that my mother, father, and both of my brothers all passed away for various reasons, and I got extremely ill and also was dying. And part of why I was dying was uh, metal toxicity. Uh, but another reason was that I unfortunately have uh, some genetic things that make me more prone to uh, toxic burden. I don't detox naturally as well as others do. So if you think about it as a bucket kind of came on the planet with like a three-quarters full bucket Mm. and then, you know, add a little glyphosate and some heavy metals and something else, and I was no longer able to cope. Mm. Uh, And and it was terrifying because my family members had all passed, you know, and it was pretty clear that we had, had experienced some fairly significant toxicity. So... I found a doctor, who, an amazing doctor, who was able to help me begin this kind of turning these systems back on to try to get some of this stuff out of my body and start to heal my organs. And it was a lot of work. Um, but during that process, I became, um, it's called loss of uh, chemical tolerance. I, I, I lost tolerance for chemicals. Um, I was very sensitive to all kinds of metal. I was sensitive to white. I was just, you know, I was just this very raw, sensitive, hypersensitive state because my body was just overwhelmed and I couldn't tolerate, you know, not one more thing. I think we all can relate to like get to the end of the day and it's like, I can't do one more Mm -hmm. thing, you know, like I can't, no, please don't ask me what's for dinner because I'm going to lose it. (laughs) 
Well, my body had kind of reached that level of just it could not handle one more tiny bit of toxicity. So I, I had to kind of, in order to heal, I had to give my body some space where it would start to rest. It was just kind of constantly stuck in this fight mode to try to survive, survival mode, which I think other people can relate to as well, where you're just getting by, you're not healing, you're not resting. And my body just would not turn itself down because it was so panicked over its toxic burden. And so I had to create some space to start to turn that down and to get my body to work with me again and uh, stop reacting and hyper-reacting to every toxin or perceived toxin. It's um, called anaphylactoid reactivity, so it was what I was experiencing. So I, I began to build this home. I began to not build it from scratch, but to sort of redo it and make space. And I always recommend you start with kind of the bedroom, start with space where you can start to turn yourself off and let yourself sleep. But And slowly between that and the treatment I received from my doctor, I, that burden came down, and we were able to get down to root cause and condition and adjust diet, lifestyle, products, all of the things that went into my toxic burden and relieve them and my environment. So uh, where this this sort of doomed human being, um, you know, I think a lot of a lot of doctors, a lot of people thought, well, she'll just she's not going to make it. You know, there's no way out of this. You had doctors tell you that. Yeah, for sure. And and uh, certainly looking at me, uh, you would have thought that. And uh, certainly how I felt, I, <laughs> I felt like I wasn't going to make it. Every day felt like a, a fight to survive. Your hair was falling out. Oh, yeah, I lost all my hair, uh, lesions all over my body. You know, I was extremely underweight. I couldn't. I, I just couldn't really process food. I mean, all the systems were kind of shut down. I, no matter what I did, I just couldn't win, you know. And um, it just was a – my doctor described it as a cage match. It was. It was just a fight all day, every day, on every level to try to get my body to heal, you know, recover in any way. And – but – I think so. My doctor kind of over time was like, "Wow, you're doing this," you know. And he had given me such a long list of change everything in your life, you know. <laughs> and but I did it. I, you know, I had three children, and um, I didn't. I didn't feel like I had a choice. And I also love myself. <laughs> so yeah, I didn't want to give up on me, even if there was just like a little tiny bit of me left. Like I was like, yeah, you're worth it. You know, I'll fight for you. And so, and I think my doctor eventually kind of decided I would live and, and everybody, I sort of, you know, accumulated a team of people that were fighting for me and um, started winning. Everybody likes to win. So that, and then it snowballed and I think, and that's that's kind of how all of this started for me. It was it was a very personal experience that I had, and um, you know, I felt like I kind of went across the river sticks and back, and and, that, and it changes you. I mean, anyone that's done that with cancer, or their other extreme illness that they've conquered or found their way through, kind of inexplicably for for Western medicine, right? Mm-hmm. You, you, it changes you very fundamentally and how you approach yourself, uh, your relationships, you know, your expectations, your care. But in short, you, you're sort of, if you've beat death, you're 
pretty unwilling to do that anymore in all the ways that people do it every day and you want to be alive mm -hmm. and whole and healthy and so uh, that's where all of it kind of came from for me and I want to share it I want to empower health for other people see and that's what I think how you took it the next step because I think sometimes people when they go through something like that especially in health care especially during COVID I want to stay home. I don't want to be around other humans. You know, you just kind of want to, I don't know, go live in a cave maybe if that's going to keep you safe. But no, you're well, creating space for sure. others to experience the same thing. It's terrifying to be ill, truly, truly sick. And I think um, if you're if you're ill and you've lost chemical tolerance, I, I hear these stories all the time, people are lost tolerance for EMF or metal or whatever, and you just kind of want to run off in the desert and I just want to be away from all of this. I'm, I'm scared. Everything hurts. And I understand that. And I, I know how that feels. I mean, I truly do. I didn't want to live like that. Mm -hmm. I, the only life for me is in community. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, I, f I might as well be dead. Mm -hmm. I'm not a loner. I need to live in community with my fellows. I need to be with my family. I need to be of service to feel alive. And so that was not an option for me. And at the same time, I recognize how much toxic burden, trauma, thoughts causes people to distance from each other. You know, it's very hard to turn in and trust when you're that hurt and afraid and injured. But, yeah, I would, you know, for me, in my experience, I was able to heal. And I've found people like Chelsea who are, you know, empowering healthy loving and we've created a community that is healing and you're a little bit further down the road so you can help people on that healthy journey you know for someone who's just discovering what does it look like for me to be healthy we always say your health journey will be supported here oh, yeah I like that i like that. a big part of it for ginger too is you know I have watched her steadfast determination and basically saying it is not fair or appropriate for people to not have access to this knowledge and to these tools and to this space. So it also comes, I think, from a very core part of her desire to create community and to create healthy people and basically back to that removing barriers component of saying it's not an option <laughs> that this isn't an option like I'm going to find a way to make this accessible for people and so that's you know outside of workflow where we have this physical space that's kind of that showroom that's why we're building Unburden. So Unburden dives into all of those comprehensive things that Ginger was able to tackle from a very intimate point of view and it makes them digestible and accessible to the average person who hopefully they don't get super sick to have to discover us but should they there's now handholds there's now something to go to so this will be an online membership platform um, that you can subscribe to and have access to kind of all of the new research we'll be combining all the research that we're discovering ginger is very well in touch with certain medical you know discoveries that are happening all the time around these aspects and around these topics so unburden is our way ginger's way really our way it is but it's you know it comes from this very core long view from ginger of well if the government's not going to do it if the fda is not going to do it of all of these resources are not going to do it because you know they're swamped with all these other little things that they're having to deal with well i'm just going to do it mm -hmm. and i think that's 
back to her part of, you know, I just, I love myself and I'm not <laughs> going to give up on myself. She's not going to give up on anybody else either. Mm-hmm. And that's really the motivation between workflow and unburden of being solely focused on human health. It is very raw and real, this experience of, I went through this, I kept fighting, and I'm watching other people go through these, this pain and these trauma experiences, and it's, I don't want it. And so it comes from a very steadfast determination for her and for me alongside her to basically say that's not an option. We're not going to settle for that. Yeah. That's a huge endeavor because you said it a second ago that, and I, I forgot the words, but people are messy, essentially. You know, it, raw. You said raw. Inviting people in, especially emotional issues, or that can be scary and intimidating. I think. I mean, people are me- we're we are messy. Yeah, people are messy. So, we're yeah. we're messy and animals, and, and we have all kinds of <laughs> yes. isms and issues. <laughs> I think about this sometimes that like, you know, everyone that you know or that knows you has this version of you in their head. Right. And some people have a really bad version of you, you know, if it's like a troubled relationship with a sibling or, you know, like a mother that's overbearing or a distant father that's got a lot of guilt of their own that they're packing into you, whoever you, whatever they see you as. And part of the space that I try to hold is that I try to hold the best version of you, how I think of you, so that. Um, and, and it's not an uncritical version. It's not that there's, you know, but just the best version of you. And I try to, and I think when you're very sick, again, you kind of learn to separate what is me and what is sick. Like, they're two different things. Like, there's still this, this best version. There's still health. There's still life here. But there's, there's something that's sick or, or injured, too, and that's okay. But you hold on to what's the best version, and I try to take that forward, too, and hold that for all the people that, that are in our space, that are part of our community. It's kind of a cool lens to see people through and knowing that this sick part of you is causing you to react this way, but I'm still going to see the yeah. real you. Yeah. And that's not easy to do. Well, it's easier <laughs> when you've had this kind of experience for yeah. yourself. But for me, with most people, like seeing a behavior or a reaction or whatever, it's so clear to me and even why like what the trigger was or what the burden was that was causing it and it's so it's it's almost easy for me to see Mm. you know do people take that information well surprisingly yes um some people don't and 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 i don't not going to offer it unless it's asked but um most of the people that are interested in this kind of community take it really well it's most people that experience this, and and maybe it's the people that we attract, I don't know, but they feel the difference. I mean, you, you just instantly walk in the door and are like, ah, this is not the same. Mm-hmm. And so they're already, you know, we just break that first wall right away of just that barrier of just the physical kind of bristling that you have when you walk in new space of like, is it safe? Is it, you know, so that's just so instantly relieved that that I think most people take it pretty well. Mm-hmm. You have, like, superhuman x-ray vision. <laughs> it feels like that sometimes. Sometimes my doctor and I joke about that, that, yeah. like, be, being hypersensitive like I was is sort of like a superpower now, yeah. you know. Yeah, you're like a mutant. Yes. <laughs> the, the kids would call me um, Deadpool, 
Okay. Yeah. Okay. That movie came out there, at the too. time I got <laughs> okay. I got injured and it would just my skin was such a mess and it was burning and oh. yeah, Deadpool. Okay. Yeah. And maybe yeah. Maybe. I don't know. I, I think maybe there's maybe you know I have I have mutated, according to the doctor. Okay. So well, that's maybe great. I am a mutant. Well, you're still alive. I am alive. <laughs> yeah, and I feel great. There so. you go. Uh, so I want to really focus on the unburden because I feel like that's, I don't know, I, clearly that's the essence. I believe that you said if workflow is the box, unburden, t- say it how you said it because I say it wrong. We, we say it all kinds of different ways. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Basically, um, workflow is effectively our showroom for okay. what living an unburdened lifestyle looks like. So unburdened... Um, is a membership management software, or not software, oh my gosh, I wish it was a membership management software. Wouldn't that be nice? Maybe you could make it one. Maybe one day. It's a membership platform. So as a consumer, as an any individual, you'll be able, and we haven't launched this yet, so this is still, you know, in we're building it. Okay. It is, you can go to the website and just find information. So whether you're looking for information on how to eat healthier or what products to use that are non-toxic, or how to contribute to your apartment in a way that makes it a little bit safer, um, removing certain toxins from the environment, changing your light bulbs to be not fluorescent, but rather LED or you know options that are going to be better for your body. So something that's not going to continue raising that body burden. So Unburden is basically a resource center in that way. You can become a member, which then gives you access to the newest information as quickly as we can get it to you, basically. Um, That also gives you access to our list of providers. So like Ginger's doctor, like a handful of um, researchers and doctors around the country and around the United States, there's a handful of people that are committed to this as well. It's not just us. There's there's more people out there that are, are doing this in some way, and some of them are experts in products. So whether it's a beauty product, so what kind of lipstick are you using? What kind of eyeshadow are you using? Or whether it's how are you cleaning your house? Are you spraying Clorox everywhere? Or are you using products that will clean and disinfect but also won't be harmful for your body? There's a time and place for Clorox, don't get me wrong, but, you know, yeah. it's not it's not every time and every yes. place. So, um Unburden basically is the curation of all of that information. Mm-hmm. And then workflow becomes the showroom of that. Mm-hmm. So we start with the environment. If you build a better box, then what you put into and you put the better things into the box, then inevitably you'll be less burdened, you'll be unburdened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think um, you, the human, are a critical part of the environment. And so we can't really address giving you a healthier environment without asking you to eat healthier and, you know, have have your thoughts be healthier, have your uh, product, things that you touch you be healthier, your community be healthier. Like, I can't offer you a, a workspace without working towards social justice. I mean, to me, these are just, like, easy yeah. calls. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't, why, I can't, if I don't have a healthy, just community, with healthy practices and healthy discipline, then, you know, what's, that's, I, I can't live alone. Like, I'm not an island. So, to me, all of it goes hand in hand. And so we just have to, you know, we have to unburden every, everything and, and, and just, and therefore increase our health and our community. And as we go forward in that too, we want to build more communities that are of this 
mindset. So we've also are developing the unburdened standard. So it's the unburdened building standard in that if you're an architect mm-hmm. or a developer or somebody who's just interested in, you know, remodeling your house to the standard, it starts with those environments that you create. And then you add the people, then you add the extra components. So whether it's people and services or whatever that looks like, ideally over time we'll have communities that are built to the unburdened standard. So that doesn't just mean what does your box look like and feel like, but it also means do you have easy walkable access to a grocery store? Is that grocery store affordable? Do you have easy walkable access to a workflow or spaces like this that prioritize community building and inviting people here that you can learn from and that you can you give to and take information from to continue growing as a person. So for us, again, that social justice piece is just fundamental. There's no turning back from that. We're not all, we're not free until all of us are free and equal, right? Like that's just a very fundamental part of all these conversations. So we know as women of color that we're very much raised in a white man's world that we need to address some of these things, not only in our business practices, but how we invite community, how we invite learning, and how we invite growing as a community. So we're definitely very oriented towards not only creating the spaces that we control, but also providing that standard for other people to be able to build spaces and continue that vision much bigger than just what what we're doing here. Mm -hmm. So tell us what that looks like for you all, because I know very often people think about, we talk about this almost every podcast because it's just kind of ingrained in our brains and that giving back to your community means writing a check. And sometimes, yes, that's true, but it's not always. And you all open your space here to a lot of different organizations, and it's all about equality. So tell me about some of the groups that meet here. Oh, well, we uh, we have Black Lives Matter that meets here. We have an organization called OKCX that meets here. Um, what does OKCX do? Their mission is to support humans at a very foundational level. They work on primarily east side of Oklahoma City and are engaged in social justice, but really supporting very fundamental human needs. So healthy food is a big part of what they do. And then access to all the resources like we have here. Um, Matriarch, we have some matriarch women here. So I think that for me, one of the things that I am interested in and try to contribute in the area of is criminal justice reform. Don't even like that word criminal, but uh, we need to treat all human beings with dignity and respect all the time. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah, and you were telling me last week about the group that's working at the Oklahoma City Jail and how you all are a part of that group and trying to help the cluster yeah, that is happening. I have, I you know, back to that holding, holding um, that highest version, that highest value. So I have every faith actually in the jail trust as it is right now, and in the moment in, in Oklahoma City, and 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 in large part due to the hard hard work of Black Lives Matter over the last six years. I mean, I think that the criminal justice reform that's happening right now, and when, when we're looking at making the systemic changes for true uh, justice, you know, and, and equality and um, access, I think, I think we're finally getting there. Mm. And it's been, you know, 
if you if you back up and look at the authoritarian systems that we've all lived under, we are not, you know, um, we're not Ford. We're not. We can't live this way. We're not designed to live as as you know workers who produce a product and make just enough money to buy the product, and and it's we're not designed for that. It is not healthy living. Um, so we're finally getting through these authoritarian and frankly racist and uh, patriarchal systems to some healing. And I think workflow again has just evolved probably out of a lot of those pieces and unburdened out of a lot of that. But again, you can't, you can't, um, you can't take activated charcoal and detox and ignore what's going on at the jail. It just doesn't work. See, and that's why people get so tripped up. They get so overwhelmed. But you can do it. We can do it together. We can do it together. Um, and it takes discipline and leadership. And it takes clarity and courage and compassion. And But we're doing it. It's happening. So, yeah, for me, those are just indistinguishable. And, and I honestly don't feel like my work, it won't be done until every human being has this experience. And I'm talking from birth to death, you know, I just, I can't, I don't have any tolerance for the way we treat our young people or our old people or our vulnerable people or our sick people. It just all has to stop. And mm-hmm. we must have, and, and can do it. It can happen. It just takes the right kind of leadership. Mm-hmm. We need a reboot. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And hopefully, I mean, COVID is, is advancing the ball. But again, I don't, what I, I have to say this over and over again, I can't give enough credit to Black Lives Matter and the work of particularly black people in suffering and surviving and demanding and never, and never giving up. Uh, and indigenous people saying never giving up, demanding their human rights. Mm-hmm. Again, if you're solely focused on the human the money part, yes, money goes a long way in today's world. We all know that. We all need it to some degree. But why? Why do we need that? That's another structure and expectation that has been put in place to continue to belittle and demean people. Mm-hmm. So, yes, if you have money and you can donate financially and do all these things, please do. There are amazing causes out there that, that need that. There are amazing candidates out there that need that. But for us... That's, again, not the priority. The priority is providing that space for the community. And when the community is strong, so many more things can happen beyond what the financial means look like. You'll find a way. The community will find a way. So when it comes to what your priorities look like, especially now as we're in this this new chapter of what building businesses look like when, you know, we've got e-commerce that has totally disrupted a lot of the traditional systems we know for buying products and using products, et cetera, et cetera. So we've got a ton of new companies out there caring about where they're sourcing their products and what that labor looks like. And all these priorities are starting to become fundamentals in how businesses grow and start. As a millennial, if I find out about your company and it looks good, but you do not have values that include social justice or sustainability, I'm not going to buy your product. Mm -hmm. These are just fundamental things that I think are changing the way we've been so disconnected for generations in terms of 
we used to farm the land. We used to, you know, actually engage with the earth. And we can take a ton of lessons from the native peoples of the United States, of America, rather, that it doesn't take a dollar to get what you need. It, in fact, takes much more than that, but in a, in a way that is not characterized by money. So with all that being said, again, yes, please donate if you have the funds to do so, but also unburden yourself enough to where you don't have to worry so much about your own human health that you can see these problems and address them and give back to them. I think a lot of times what happens with, you know, a traditional work schedule or whatever that looks like, if you're working for 80 hours a week, Monday through Friday, and city council or county commissioners are meeting in the middle of the day, in the middle of a work day, you can't go and you can't get engaged. And these are more ways that we as citizens have in, in some ways been silenced and not been able to engage in the processes that build our systems and our communities. And I think if we start by saying we want to change those and we want to be involved and the public has the right because that's how this country was founded and we need to look first at the people of this nation. Mm -hmm. Again, social justice is how it's framed now. If we start there, all things will trickle from that. Mm -hmm. And I think with Ginger and I, with our focus on human health, that's just, it's so correlative that it doesn't make sense for us to not give in this way. I think it takes more bravery to open your doors and open your heart to allowing groups to use your space or to be involved with this group or to join this committee because it's easier to write a check, right? Because you can do it from distance or to give online. You can do that from a distance. But to get involved, it takes your time. It takes your energy. Um, it takes emotional capacity to do that. And that, But you have to start, just like you were saying, unburdening yourself from the 40 hours a week or whatever. You have to make space yeah. to be able to do that. And you can't, you know, you can't be scared. I, I find this a lot. Um, and I'm just going to say it, particularly when people are dealing with black people, non-black people dealing with black people, there's fear involved of like, oh, this is going to get muddy. This is going to get, this is going to get hard. These people are going to be mad at me. Mm -hmm. um, these people are mad. And I think the legacy of slavery in that way, I mean, it's just a reality. And for me personally, you can be as mad at me as you want to be as long as you're informing me, as long as I can achieve some kind of productive engagement. Mm -hmm. That is okay with me. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's, it's it just, I don't, anger is not bad. Anger is just anger, mm -hmm. fear is bad. Mm -hmm. Fear is not productive. Mm -hmm. Anger is anger. And this, all the kind of pop sigh that goes around about like, oh, if you're angry, you're just scared or whatever. Oh, hell no. I'm mad. I'm not scared. <laughs> I'm pissed off. And so anger's cool. I'm cool with anger. Uh, fear is different. Fear's paralyzing. Fear doesn't get you anywhere. And if I can, if I can help you move through the fear, mm -hmm. great. Uh, and I'm here for that. Mm -hmm. And I'm definitely here for anger. Like if I I'm angry about a lot of things, and um, I'm, it doesn't mean that I'm not healthy. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm very healthy. Mm -hmm. uh, my the anger that I have, I, I use. Mm -hmm. I use it in ways that that help make this place better. Mm -hmm. But there is just no COVID's great in this way too. Like there's nothing between you and I. We are the same. Our health is the same. If you are unhealthy and I am healthy and you're all I have, I'm kind of screwed. I need you to get healthy. Um, so. 
health is health is an interchange. It's a community. It is not a single person. It's not just something you can do inside yourself. It has to be systemic. It has to be, uh, you know, that cage match. It has to be all over all the time. It has to be something you're working at all the time. Mm-hmm. I like that picture, a cage match. Yeah. You have to fight for yourself. Yeah. And, 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 and everybody else. Some people know it way, way better than others. But, yeah. yeah. And it's worth it. Yeah. It's worth it. Yeah. It's worth the effort. Are you all familiar with Brene Brown? Mm-hmm. I, I love her. I think she's great. She's, she, you guys remind me of her. She reminds me of you. I don't know, whichever way you want to go. But she has a, her tagline is awkward, brave, and kind. And I love that because that describes me because I'm very awkward. But I'm trying to connect with people. You know, I'm, I want to step out. I want to learn what makes you tick. I want to learn about your struggles. I'm, I'm a white woman. You know, my struggles are very different compared to an African-American woman. And I want to understand that. And I want to be kind. But it takes me stepping out, right, to connect with you, to see what that looks like. So you have to be brave. And you have to be willing to be awkward. Yeah, I, Cause I, I talk about... <laughs> I gave my doctor this knife. I engraved it when he when we completed my treatment. Mm-hmm. And it said, courage, clarity, compassion, cure. Mm-hmm. And I think about that a lot. Like, you know, the first step really is courage. Mm-hmm. And then the clarity can come. But mm-hmm. you just don't know what you don't know unless you're willing to learn it. Mm-hmm. And um, so it's courage, yeah, clarity, mm-hmm. and compassion. I like that. Yeah. I like that. It's, it's an uncommon thing, right, to step out. But at this, I think maybe it's becoming more common, right, to be able to be willing to step out like that. Well, I think COVID is the reveal, mm-hmm. uh, so maybe it is becoming. Um, I think you're having to choose, like what you said mm-hmm. earlier. You can choose to be afraid, mm-hmm. and you can choose to, and, and this is not that fear isn't valid. I'm not saying that. Oh, yeah. Uh, but you can choose this sort of isolating path or this path that's this way, or you can choose to f- engage. Like, mm-hmm. let's get it on. Mm-hmm. Let's fix these systems. Let's work together. Mm-hmm. Let's do what we can do. And and the consequences of that, I'm willing to take, mm-hmm. you know, whatever that may be. And it's going to be a cage match, and it's going to be messy. And it's messy. And stinky and sweaty yeah. and that's a just lot how, of BO. That's life. That's life. <laughs> it is. And. And there's nothing that's not, and that doesn't take, mean it's not joyful or serene oh, or yes. blissful or whatever. Yes. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, it's just being alive, mm-hmm. which I'm grateful to be. Mm-hmm. Do you all know Ben Knuckles? Yeah. Oh, I love Ben. He's so great. <laughs> he was on one of our podcasts a while ago, and he was talking about how he's opened his um, world to homeless people a, a lot. Common Commonplace Books does a great job with that. Just Ben in general, he's just so great. But he, he I said, that's really, I don't even know exactly how I said it, but I said that you're really opening yourself up to a lot of struggles, right? When you invite somebody else in. And I didn't say it, I said it in my awkward way because that's how I say things. But, and he said, you're right, but I'm also opening myself up to the joy that they'll bring and the love that they'll bring and the cool stories that I wouldn't get to know if I hadn't been brave enough to open myself up. Yeah, yeah, we literally leave our door unlocked for exactly that reason. I also believe a circumstance shouldn't define a person. Mm. So a person affected by homelessness does not make him Mm. or her any less of a person. You're right. Yeah. Mm. That's beautiful. I think if... I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. Like, 
I don't think there's nothing. There's not necessarily anything wrong oh. with being homeless. <laughs> yeah. Or, yeah. I I think a lot of times I'm like, well, let's just just because it's not the way that you are yeah. doesn't mean it's yeah. wrong. Yeah. A lot of times, yeah, there's sometimes there's nothing wrong. Mm-hmm. There's nothing to fix. Yeah. It's just yeah. 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 It goes back to no judgment. Yeah. And how people wanna how they wanna roll. Okay. I used to have this great guy named Amos that lived on my porch periodically. <laughs> and sometimes inside, but he didn't always <laughs> want to come inside, you know? So how would you guys define community? Because you have a very broad community here. That's a big question. I uh, Wow, people that are willing to take up the invitation to a great degree. Okay. Yeah. That's a unique definition. I think it's acknowledging that you are important and you have value, but also acknowledging that the community, the greater experience beyond yourself is just as valuable. Hmm. I like to say you might not be the most important person here today. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Which I love, like for me, like I love knowing that there's some, I call all Karen Kello, our Qigong master. I I call her Yoda, you know? Yeah. So yeah. It's exciting that, or or somebody like Cherie that's with Black Lives Matter, like that you're going to have these powerhouses walk through the door. For me, I'm kind of starstruck, you know. But I love the idea that you might not be the most important you person here today. Person. <laughs> and Yoda never thought he was important. Yeah. So I'm sure she doesn't think. Oh, gosh, no. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we have to keep talking yeah. about that. Yeah. <laughs> We're important. Uh, I, I love, those are very unique definitions, which I'm not surprised at all that you guys would give. I like that. So I want to talk a little bit more about different ways that you all serve. Uh, Ginger, I saw on, uh, I think it was LinkedIn, that you serve on the ACE board at the Class and School of Advanced Studies. Talk to me about that. Why do you choose to serve in that way? Uh, yeah, so that's Achieving Class and Excellence, and that is a Oklahoma City public school that has a merit-based entry program, and it focuses in two tracks, a fine arts track, and an international baccalaureate track. And so the international... Inter- I'm sorry, I interrupt. International baccalaureate, what does that mean? Yeah, so this is the program that you can take at Klassen, um, and you will be educated to an international standard mm-hmm. along with other schools around the world. Wow. Yeah, and engage with them. So your, um, your, your requirements for graduation and the standards that you're educated to are not state, local, federal they're international wow yeah and um, then they have a fine arts track so that you can and you can elect majors within the fine arts programming uh, lots of majors there's you know musical instruments kind of majors band orchestra there's musical theater there's all kinds of work that you can do within uh, there's print art all kinds of work that you can do in fine arts so it's just a unique school, and it attracts a lot of unique individuals, um, and I wanted to support it. We've done that for the last eight years to support its programming, kind of despite what was going on at the board level. I think the board is the school board, the OKCPS school board, and and the state funding and stuff have settled a little bit, but there was a, a time there where things were a little bit more touch and go, and... Um, we had some superintendents that came through. That the leadership just was lacking, but I think we're 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 on a better we're in a better place. But it was just that school is very important to me that those uh, two tracks would survive and thrive, 
within the educational system. Hmm. I, I love that, again, not surprised that you're involved in something so unique. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because that's definitely raising the bar, those I, programs. I have, you know, I have, to, I have my children and we have very few rules and a huge part of my role as their mother and the leader of our family is to not let other people squash them. Mm. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. you know, like a huge part of my life, I guess, is just making space, like going in front and moving the yes. space out so that these these beautiful creatures can just survive and just let them be. They're good, you know. Mm-hmm. In fact, empower, they're good. They're And so I think Ace was part of that. And any good educator, any educator worth their salt has that as their goal as well. So. Nice. That's a cool program. I've never heard of yeah. international baccalaureate. Yeah. That's really neat. Class and School Advanced Studies. We have a the high school is Class and School Advanced Studies at Northeast, and then the middle school is Class and School Advanced Studies nice. middle school. Nice. Cool program. Yep. So, Chelsea, you won something really cool recently, right? You did. You won the Advocate Award for the Uptown 23. You were yeah. talking a little bit about your work in that community. Tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, awesome. So um, I live in the neighborhood around Uptown 23rd. I live in Jefferson Park. And prior to living so close, my husband and I started volunteering around the area. We just we were renting and we saw a lot of potential in what was going on. So this is before Tower Theater came online. This is when we had the Pump Bar and Pizzeria Gusto and Backdoor Barbecue and all the awesome restaurants we know in the area. Um, so we started volunteering with the district. And from there, that kind of spun out into when I started consulting um, about a year and a half after I was into that, Uptown's executive director at the time was leaving for Texas. Her family was relocating there. and. She knew how engaged we had been, and I'm oddly interested in city planning and how all of that affects how people use and live in a city. So we had always just kind of had great rapport and talked about the different things that the board was doing and all those those components. And she knew she was leaving and that it was a great opportunity for Uptown to kind of make a change in direction in terms of the next phase of the district. So one of the, the larger goals for the area was to um, pursue the viability of what's called a business improvement district. So that is where you basically have the property owners in the area are assessed with, a, with an additional tax that was petitioned for, so a voluntary tax that they've said, hey, we want this, and then that will supplement the city services, which are very far-reaching. So, you know, the city can't say, hey, because there's more people and more traffic in this area, we need to provide more services here. They have to be able to provide equitable services across the city. So business improvement districts, we have quite a few of them in Oklahoma City. Um, Downtown OKC Partnership is is the largest one that we have. And so we saw that model and we said, you know, we, we noticed that that works. There's a lot of large cities across the nation that use business improvement districts, um, public improvement districts, just different types of these structures. And I was tasked with the very tremendous task of Mm -hmm. making that happen. So that looked like a lot of outreach with property owners, with business owners, with really understanding, you know, where the street was and where it was going and, you know, what it looks like to support a commercial neighborhood in an area that once was very commercial, but then went through a period of not so (laughs) successful commercial viability and then became abandoned for certain areas and then, you know, traffic, car traffic just kept getting pushed and diverted to 23rd off of streets like 36, off of streets like 10th. So that's kind of been the viewpoint is how do we support this commercial, this vibrant commercial district? And 
in my work establishing the bid and working with these property owners and helping create the structure for the the now full-time executive director of the district, um, the district so so graciously thought that I should get an award. <laughs> so that, and then I received the Advocate Award um, awesome. in this, this last round of awards, which I'm so grateful for. And I think, you know, I'm not very good at stopping to look at the accomplishments that I've I've had, and I usually just kind of keep going. <laughs> I'll just do something and then move on to the next and keep going. So it was a very humbling moment for me that the community around me recognized the work that I've been putting in and continue to put in into the neighborhood and into the district and, and gathering voices and getting people on board and getting them to pay attention. That's one of my biggest goals for you know, any district or neighborhood or just city projects in general is just pay attention be able to see what's going to happen here in five, ten years, find ways to support that, and and that's that's the goal. That's the way that we continue finding ways to build community and live better is if we have a city that looks and supports, looks like and supports the community that lives there. So a lot of my my work is in the infrastructure. Um, so that's that's kind of the story of that. <laughs> so I, I... You guys are... I just keep going back to it. it's not about you. You guys both are serving in a lot of different areas, and those two committees show for sure. It's not like you're there to push this agenda on what you want to happen. You're out there asking questions. You know, what does this look like? You're out there talking to the shop owners and the city council and different people and saying, what does this look like? How do we prepare growth down the road? How do we help these kids get the best education that they can, that they can go internationally and succeed? That's... I love that. I love that. It's unburdening. Is that a word, unburdening? Yes, it is now. (laughs) It is now. We're going to make that a word. We're we're removing burdens. Um, So talk to me a little bit. We're we're getting close to the end here. Tell me about businesses sharing their stories of good and talking about what they do. How do you feel about that? It's a good question. I think it, it, it depends. It largely depends on what the motivation is. So we know that here our lens is basically do good. (laughs) That's the lens. It starts from the values, safety, integrity, unity. And if it doesn't align with that lens, it doesn't happen. So we often find ourselves talking about the work that we do, but it's not really a braggadocious or, you know, Mm -hmm. self-giving kind of thing. The whole point of it is actually to invite more good. So when we talk about the work we do, it's, it is fundamental to what we do and how we do it. And our goal is to basically say, if you want a part of it, come be a part of it. So I think if you're a business and your corporate structure or your, your structure, I don't like the word corporate, I'm trying to kick it out. <laughs> if your structure is such that this is a priority, by all means, invite more good, bring more good, spread more good. But if your priority is to use a moment to advertise for yourself, that's where it gets a little icky. Mm-hmm. And you can feel it, right? You can feel it. It's kind of bad taste mm-hmm. in your mouth kind of a thing. Yeah. And it starts with, you know, when did you start? <laughs> did, you, <laughs> did you start because the media has been covering certain stories more and because everybody posted a black tile <laughs> on a certain day? Like, did you start then? Or did you start before? Is it foundational or is it something you're adding? And if you're adding it and you're intentional with it and it's purposeful, that's still good. But do it 
Right. And integrate it in every level of business, yeah. not just your marketing. It's authentic. It has to be authentic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not a marketing time. That's not what this is about. Mm-hmm. And I could say that if pre-George Floyd, your business didn't have a stance on Black Lives Matter, it needs to have one now. Mm-hmm. If it didn't have a stance on social justice, it needs to have one now. If it didn't have a stance on police brutality, it needs to have one now. I mean, the NFL, I could criticize all day, but even the NFL has learned its lesson. Um, but in my opinion, you are you are egregiously late and you are responsible for death. I, if, if, but I am not everyone. And uh, my experience isn't everyone's. Uh, but now is your last moment. In fact, it may have passed. And I think that you will be left behind. And I don't know that, you know, the dollar will leave you behind uh, eventually, but you're out of the conversation. So if you want to be relevant, you better figure this out mm-hmm. and where you stand and how you're going to authentically represent it throughout your company mm-hmm. because we're done. This this chapter's closing. I think authentic is the key word there, right? Yeah. Because it has to be for real. And workflow is all about it being in every area of your life, not just marketing, to be out there actually really making a difference and connecting. And it probably starts inwardly, right? And how you treat your employees and how you're working with people right next door. Absolutely. Or the Amoses on your front porch. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Great guy, Amos. (laughs) It is definitely top down. We know that we have systemic issues and the best way to combat them is build better systems. Baby steps, right? Well, it doesn't have to be. It can be baby steps too. That's true. I think it can be a revolution. I I think that... But I think um, demanding, you know, God, I still hear horror stories, you know, about, but knowing your value and worth mm-hmm. and not taking any less, mm-hmm. there's nothing whiny or millennial about that. Mm-hmm. That's healthy. Mm-hmm. And for systems to have to adjust to be able to treat people humanely, it's, they're the problem. It's not the people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that should have been from day one. But yeah, but the systems were set up not to treat people humanely mm-hmm. and certainly not to make them healthy. Mm-hmm. And it's just, I think with, you know, with technology and for a lot of reasons, this is over. And if you want to be a part of what's next, it's you must now do this. Mm-hmm. Great. So give me your 30 second, and this is a good segue into this, Shout out, motivational statement, call to action. You were kind of calling to action a minute ago, but add another call to action. We have multiple call to action. You can say as many call to actions as you want. Get off your butt, people. Go do something. <laughs> Chelsea, let's start with you. Oh, man, I mean, can we use that? Get off your butt, people. Get off Go your butt, something. people. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it definitely it starts with identify your place in the world mm-hmm. and identify how you want to make it better for mm-hmm. yourself and those around you. Mm-hmm. It starts with you. And if it doesn't start with you, you're not doing it authentically. Mm-hmm. So that looks like actually being truthful and honest with yourself about your emotions, about your abilities, about your community, about your everything. And if you can't start with you, it's not authentic and it won't happen. 
And maybe you need to get come connect with you ladies and do some unburdening and open some space in your life. If you if you can't figure out who you are, these are some great women to come talk to to help you figure out who you are. Let and, us help. Yeah. We want to help. Yeah. yeah. I would say engage courage. Mm-hmm. Just go with your most courageous pieces. Go forward with that and um just try, just try, and and never give up. But yeah, go go engage with the courage, not the fear. And if you you know if you can't find your place in the world, Chelsea can help you. She is so amazing. <laughs> <laughs> she really is. She's amazing at this place making. You know this this giving that sense of purpose. Yeah. And if you can't, if you feel if you feel like you're you're just not healthy enough, I can help you. Mm-hmm. I mean. And, and lots of other people can too. Just engage with your courage. The world needs people to be healthy. It's fundamental, yeah. Mm-hmm. We have to stop abusing ourselves and others. Mm-hmm. So if somebody wanted to get connected with you guys, where do they go? Yeah, follow us, Workflow OKC. So at workflowokc.com on all social media channels. Feel free to email. We have an awesome team that checks our email regularly. Hello at workflowokc.com. Workflowokc.com is our website. Um, or just come by. Uh, Ginger and I, one of us is almost always here. The door is open, you know, literally from 9 to 4 on Monday through Friday, but figuratively all the time. Yeah. Just reach out. There you go. That's very simple. Reach out. Yeah. Reach out. Social media. Social media, email, website, whichever works best. Okay. Well, I I wrote down a couple things that you guys that really stuck out to me. There's so many things. It's kind of hard to narrow it down, but I love the unburden because that is just something I think especially resonates with women. I'm sure men need to be unburdened as well, but I feel like we... We're kind of the voice in the home. We're kind of the heart in the home. And so if somebody in our home is hurting or struggling, we very often can carry that. And so it's nice to find a place and a community. Even if you don't come co-work here, you know, you can still connect and learn how to be unburdened. And I love that safety, integrity, and unity. Those are big, those, those are hard to find. It shouldn't be. Yeah, I agree. That is hard to find. It is. And when you experience it, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, the word that keeps coming to my head, and I'm just going to close with that, is beautiful. Because I love the space. I love not just the clean lines and the bright lights and the cool um, super spy secret telephone booth that you can have conversations <laughs> in and nobody can hear you. But just the welcoming and the hope and the you're okay here there's just something really refreshing about that so ladies thank you so much i really appreciate your time i really appreciate your heart for the community and thank you for doing what you do and listeners thank you for joining us today for another conversation around good we made possible by say that we love to make good loud. We love for you to share your good because you inspire others to do their own kind of good. Because we can't all do the same good, right? We're all unique. We're all different. We can work together to make more good, but you need to start, go out, get off your butt. As Chelsea said, get off your butt and go do some good today.
Thank you for listening in on another conversation around good. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button so we can continue to provide you conversations that are inspirational. The businesses we serve love to give back to their communities with their time, product, and cash. And this is so rewarding for them, but it's not easy. Go to madepossibleby.us to see how we do it.